Hello, and thanks for tuning in to DavCat43 Fights Fascism. Today's episode is a live audio of a live broadcast uh, done concerning Devon Nunes, the complicity of the GOP, and more broadly, the problems besetting American democracy and the problems besetting American media, which is still uh, in too many ways beholden to a white supremacist narrative in that Donald Trump and Republican senators and congressmen are too often given the benefit of the doubt, even as they pursue Russian propaganda narratives, even as they ignore evidence, even as they pervert American domestic and foreign policy to serve Trump's campaign goals and Vladimir Putin's international agenda. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. All right. Hello. Thanks for joining in. I'm glad we've sorted out our sound issues now. Look at everyone who's joined us. Good to know we are popular. Welcome to DAVCAT 43 Fights Fascism. And in today's news, uh, the House Judiciary, sorry, the House Intelligence Committee is apparently now in possession of some recordings made by Lev Parnas, uh, the Ukrainian oligarch and associate of Rudy Giuliani, who has acted as a uh, translator for Giuliani, who has uh, been criminally indicted for circumventing campaign finance laws, uh, which are against straw donations, i.e. indicted for funneling money to Republican candidates that did not originate with Americans or even American companies. So the House Intelligence Committee has audio and video recordings and photographs. Isn't that great? Some of some of the evidence provided by Lev Parnas is apparently with the Southern District of New York as part of the indictment that they've served on, um, on Parnas and his uh, colleague Igor Frum. They both are the indicted colleagues of Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani, let me say, because it must be so frustrating to listen to American media when they say, oh, Giuliani's clarified his remarks to say he was being sarcastic. Rudy Giuliani has made a clear attempt to extort President Trump on live television by saying, oh, they say I should be worried that Trump's going to throw me under the bus, but he can't do that because I have insurance. So no, it's not a clarification when you later tweet out that you were being sarcastic. That's just called covering your butt. And it's not a clarification to say that what you really meant was the Bidens because they're so corrupt and you're afraid that if you throw Trump under the bus that the Bidens will get you. That doesn't make any logical sense. And it doesn't make any logical sense why the media would do this either until you realize how much benefit of the doubt uh, the media give people who support the political party of white supremacy. And I don't want to say white supremacy anymore. I want to say the party of a faulty premise. So we're not just fighting Trump in the Oval Office. We're fighting a faulty premise that we are safe, that any of us are safe, provided there are still people lower than us on, on a hierarchy of, of people organized by the arbitrary measure of skin color. We are not safe. It should not dispel our anxiety 
provided we have a leader who offers, implicitly offers to repress people of colour, who implicitly offers to uh, create a white supermajority super in the US, to create and defend that majority. Because white people are still the majority in the US at present, but the demographic trends of the US show that soon uh, the US will be a minority rule country, which just means that there will be minority, minorities, minority demographic groups uh, outnumbering a demographic group that can be classified as white. It's all pretty arbitrary until you realize that there are some people who specifically ally themselves with, uh, with, thank you, with people who want to categorize others. So it's a faulty premise. And uh, the reason why faulty premises are really dangerous at this point in our collective history is because we do face very real and significant threats. And if we fail to address those threats because we're lulled into a sense of false security created and upheld by white nationalists, then we are ruining our chances of addressing the threats. We are ruining our chances of behaving like responsible adults. So essentially racism feels like responsible adulthood to racists. They think, I'm just doing the right thing, protecting my family and my tribe. That's me being a responsible adult. And what it's really doing, given the current context, um, is not just being racist and immoral, it's also being racist, immoral and self-destructive because white people are dying in the US because of support for Republicans that has elevated them into positions of power whereby they have removed health care from people. They have rejected uh, federal aid in the form of Medicaid expansions. So there are multiple uh, thousands of white people in the US dying each year uh, because of their support and their votes for Republican candidates. The Republican Party is a front for lobby groups that work against American interests. One data point which could uh, illustrate this to you is the more extreme legal consequences for minor property theft relative to the almost non-existent consequences, legal consequences for white-collar crime. So we can see now for how long uh, Trump went without being uh, appropriately dealt out legal consequences for his money laundering, for his extortion uh, of journalists, which is a significant crime. In the 80s, when Trump was extorting and threatening and blackmailing journalists so that they didn't report accurately on the state of his financial affairs, and he did this by, uh, who did he threaten? One publishing house, Michael Forbes, some head of the Forbes group, uh, who were going to publish an article on his... Uh, being in in the the red status with his casino, uh, with his various casinos, and Trump threatened to go public with an assertion that the patriarch of the Forbes uh, was seen in one of Trump's bars with younger men, that he was engaging in homosexual activity with young men, and the thing is, it was true that Forbes was a homosexual. Uh, and he had just died, so he couldn't defend himself and say, no, I, I didn't make an appearance uh, with young men. No. So the truth of that couldn't be established. 
in terms of direct personal retorting of that uh, accusation. But the Forbes family wanted to protect uh, the head of their family, so they acquiesced to Trump demands. So they changed the headline to away from a denunciation of Trump's uh, bankrupt status or, or being having less than than zero dollars, being in the negative territory, uh, with a headline just posing a more innocuous rhetorical question. Does Trump, how many millions does Trump have? Uh, which did not give away the information that was needed because most people don't read the article. They may come across the headline. There's a large number of people that come into contact with a headline than there are of people who come into contact with, uh, with the actual content of an article. So because the truth was concealed from the American public, and this process was repeated over and over again, Trump got a journalist fired as a consequence of reporting on his financial failings, his in-the-red uh, accounting sheet territory. So after that, even though that journalist was able to sue for wrongful dismissal and get his job back, uh, Trump himself had managed to exert a chilling effect on reporters and Wall Street analysts. And you can see the details to back this up, and I'll post the, the link to the article on my website, divecat43.com, uh, which is an article by Jonathan Greenberg. I think it's called Saving Face. Let me Google it now so I can quote the exact job title and the exact journalist. All right. It's a Washington Post article. Okay, yes, how Donald Trump silenced the people who could expose his business failures. Jonathan Greenberg. Yes, in fact, the media in the US says impeachment, support for impeachment is moving backwards. We should probably start looking at some Nixon, uh, Nixon's public support graphs to reassure ourselves. The only thing is, in Nixon's time, Fox News didn't exist. Fox News was created as a response to Nixon's downfall in order to prevent the reoccurrence of such a downfall. So uh, that's a quote from Roger Ailes, one of the founders of Fox News. So I'm just looking now at the Jonathan Greenberg article published in June of this year uh, by a journalist, Jonathan Greenberg, who Trump called twice in 1984, pretending to be his uh, vice president of finance, John Barron, and argued that he had the kind of wealth that should land him on the Forbes rich list despite a failure to be able to have documentary evidence of that. Um, so Jonathan Greenberg looked back at his uh, archives in the modern times and realized that, yes, he had been tricked, that his voice recording message of that interview clearly showed that it was Trump's voice posing as a vice president of finance called John Barron. Yes, Nixon's supporters were very strongly uh, in support of Trump and that support, I mean, <laughs> in support of Nixon, there was like 70, 67% support of Nixon when the hearing started and by the end of it, it was down to 22%. But again, that was when there was a, a greater degree of consensus in amongst the media. There was more straight reporting on objective facts. And now you have the divergence from reality as 
delivered to the public through the medium of Fox News, whereby they report inaccurately on what's happening. They smear witnesses, they deride uh, Purple Heart veterans, they besmirch the reputations of career public servants and deride them as being elite or out of touch in some way antithetical to Trump's honest appeal, according to them, to blue-collar workers in the US. So at this point, we do what we can to elevate and amplify the truth. Hello, Richard. Thanks for joining in. I'm very glad to see you. I was just discussing Nixon, how Nixon's support fell, but we have to work harder now because we have Fox News and we are trying to counter the, to be frank, uh, Russian-fueled propaganda lines that Fox repeats that Republican senators and congressmen are now repeating as well. So we really do have our backs against the wall in a cyber war, uh, an information war where lies have been weaponized against the American people. And we need to look too at the obstacles that are stopping people from engaging with truth because one of the things that inadvertently draws people into Fox News is a cycle of fabricated anxiety and then reassurance. So the f And fabricated reassurance. So the fabricated anxiety is always, look at a crime committed by a black person. Clearly, the, implica the implication is clearly that... Uh, there's going to be an uprising amongst people of colour. And then uh, Richard saying he, he's already foreseen the present dilemma. Yes, a lot of us were grieving when Kavanaugh was appointed to the Supreme Court because it was effectively as if a criminal was getting to stack the judiciary system uh, with fellow criminals who would be easily extortable and blackmailable because of their criminal pass. And Kavanaugh's a rapist, so... Uh, Yes, not too difficult. Oh, a rapist, a gambler, and probably an alcoholic as well, whose finances were mysteriously all cleaned up just prior to his nomination for the Supreme Court, uh, suggesting that somebody settled his debts for him. So yes, we, we could already see that America was on this uh, countdown to this conflict trajectory, that uh, the Republicans have opened the door to infiltration from a hostile foreign nation, namely Russia, led by Vladimir Putin, and that this was part of their last gasp to avoid political redundancy as America continues to demographically diversify and uh, seek to make America into a one-party country whereby Republicans can, can cheat in an unchecked way and we can see that pattern with their enablement of Trump cheating, cheating for the 2020 election, using the resources of America, the tax-paying coffers of America, to buy complicity with his corrupt schemes to smear a political opponent, with his corrupt schemes to uh, get buy-in and uh, inflict shadow propaganda on the American public. So shadow propaganda is when you conceal the origins of, uh, of an investigation. You pretend that uh, Ukraine has organically decided to move ahead with, a with an investigation of Joe Biden when the truth is there was a sustained campaign for months using millions of dollars of American taxpayer monies illegitimately because Trump didn't follow uh, the legal process for... Uh, putting a check on, on this aid or putting a hold on this aid. So illegitimately using taxpayer-funded aid 
to Ukraine, designated to Ukraine by bipartisan, bipartisan actions of Congress, as a bargaining chip to force Ukraine into a hostage position where they would have to trade their compliance in this corrupt scheme uh, for military aid to save their own people, to save their own soldiers and their own citizens from ongoing attacks by an adversarial foreign nation that was being held in check by US actions, that was being held in check by US determination to preserve the world order and constrain the militaristic ambitions of Vladimir Putin to acquire any of the neighbouring countries that have the misfortune to um, lie outside of Russia's borders and be a target for Putin to acquire and absorb and take over land that he can use to build pipelines through and, and extract resources from, etc. Putin has already acquired parts of Ukraine. Uh, he's acquired, he's criminally taken over Crimea. He has criminally taken over parts of Donbass, uh, Ukrainian territory. The US were persuaded they needed to go to war against uh, Saddam Hussein for um, taking over parts of Kuwait. And yet Ukraine is a US ally and has uh, been part of this alliance for a long time. Ukraine acquiesced to American request to destroy nuclear weapons because the US asked it to do so, even though Ukraine were like, oh, but if we keep hold of these nuclear weapons, uh, Trump, I mean, Vladimir Putin will be deterred from attacking us. And America said, don't worry, we've got your back. If Russia ever wants to attack you, it will know to not dare to do that. So at the time when uh, this was an issue for Obama, that administration determined not to give militaristic aid to Ukraine because it was feared that they were so Ukraine was at that point so corrupted and so involved with Putin's Russia that military aid given to Ukraine would fall into the hands of Russian spies and therefore be passed to uh, to um, to Putin himself. Somebody's saying, where do I donate to this great, great channel? I am so pleased you asked. I do have a Patreon account. It's called DavChat, D-A-V-C-H-A-T, uh, through Patreon. And I have two fantastic Patreon supporters already, which is incredibly generous and supportive of them, and I thank them. So if you want to join their ranks, a dollar a month pledge is still awesome. Uh, and if you'd like me to do more to earn your trust, I would, but I think my Patreons usually accept that what I do is this. I'm also currently recording audio to turn this into a podcast if people like to listen to this type of uh, dialogue or rather monologue at their leisure with earphones. So the um, podcast is available on Apple iTunes and other platforms and it's called Davcat 43 Fights Fascism if you're interested. And if you want to look at the source articles that I use to inform my opinions, they're available in the resources section on davcat43.com. So thank you for listening and thank you for your comment. Uh, so I was saying that Vladimir Putin, having uh, already acquired parts of Ukraine, it was to be hoped that his military ambitions were to be checked by this show of strength from uh, from US Congress, not from Trump, because Trump wants Vladimir Putin to get his own way. Putin is essentially Trump's loan officer, uh, because he's obviously beholden to Vladimir Putin for 
for loans, potentially for extortion material. We don't know the extent of the financial entanglement between Trump and Putin because Trump is so stoutly defending his tax returns uh, to remain clothed in secrecy that he's taken a case all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, The Supreme Court's due to rule on that reasonably soon. David, don't be afraid to talk. You're saying a moderator locked you out last time, but I guess you're also crying tears of sarcasm, so you're not really afraid. Uh, (laughs) I shouldn't respond too much because, as I said, I am recording this for a podcast and it might be confusing for people to listen to the podcast. Uh, But if you do want to listen to the podcast, as I said, available on iTunes, and I'll tweet out a link to that through my DavCat43 Twitter account. I'm learning the value of brand consistency so people can find uh, my work output. So uh, the Department of Defense had cleared the aid to be given to Ukraine in this instance when Congress had appointed aid uh, to go to Ukraine to purchase uh, weapons to assist with the defense of Ukraine from this aggressive and ongoing war instigated by Russia against Ukraine. Uh, Six years ago, Ukrainians protested uh, against the Russian-backed government of the time. Um, What's his name? Yurishenko? Nope. Now I've forgotten so many names to keep track of, but that's okay. That the previous president of Ukraine fled the country, uh, embezzling billions along the way, from his own people, but there was this mass protest referred to as the Maidan, M-A-I-D-A-N. And at this point, I should also remind everybody that millions of Ukrainians died uh, under Stalin's rule, when Stalin was the leader of Russia, uh, in a man-made famine, which involved involved, uh, Russia diverting agricultural production from Ukraine, so that they didn't have access to food, so that uh, millions of Ukrainian parents were forced to watch their children shrivel away and die, essentially, which would be, I imagine, one of the most psychologically torturous things to happen to you, to watch your children die and be unable to help them, to die gradually and slowly and painfully and torturously in front of you. So this uh, Stalin-induced famine in Ukraine is referred to as the Holodomor, and I recommend you Google it and look it up. I'll also um, put some resources on the davcat43.com website as well. Uh, there's a movie being released soon uh, concerning, concerning this famine and how Western media were complicit to a degree in that they were appeasing Stalin and listening to Stalin's uh, fake PR about how everything was hunky-dory and that there was no famine. Uh, one Scottish reporter... Gareth Jones snuck into the Ukraine and took photos of the people starving in there and and broke broke this reporting out, broke through the cone of silence uh, around what was happening. Um, Because fascists and totalitarians, communist totalitarians are cruel. People with so much power and a lack of accountability to a public often just go off the rails with vindictive, vindictive cruelty and just mass murder because they can. So Gareth Jones, having done that, was eventually targeted and murdered by Stalin's regime. 
but the public at that point knew and outrage grew over the, the victims of, uh, of Russia, of Russian leadership at that time, Stalin. And so this is really important because Ukrainians should not be forced into, um, into accepting Russian control of their country. Russian control of their country has already victimized them to such a significant degree that they have had millions of people die under Stalin, under previous, a previous Russian administration uh, purposefully causing their deaths. So that needs to be remembered. When, when people say Trump was just concerned about corruption, it's the psychology of accommodation when people don't want to believe ill of Trump and they want to believe that everything's fine. So normalcy bias, psychology of accommodation, people who can't come to terms with Trump's criminality. So why are we seeing a shift in independents who initially supported impeachment and who are now buying bollocks about it? I guess it's because of the efficacy of Fox News, breaking everything down into very simple lies. So the liars do have one advantage in that lies can be made more simple or more complex as you see fit because you've got that flexibility. Whereas the truth itself is reasonably complicated, that Trump uh, usurped the legislative branch's powers. Trump should have followed a process if he legitimately wanted to put a hold on Ukrainian aid. So there are emails released today that the Washington Post has published showing that after Trump put a hold on the aid, there were urgent emails being passed around the White House saying, how can we justify this? Trying to come up with a post hoc justification for this hold on the aid that Trump was corruptly putting on. So there are two legal avenues for a president, the executive branch, uh, holding up aid appointed by the legislative branch. There's rescissions and there's something else and they both require legislation to be passed by Congress. So Trump would have had to have been upfront with Congress and said, I think Ukraine's too corrupt to give aid to. I am asking you to pass a law so that I can have a hold put on this aid until it's been established to my satisfaction that the aid being given to Ukraine won't be misused. Trump's playing on the fact of plausible deniability because previously aid was military aid was withheld from Ukraine because it was deemed to be too corrupt that they might uh, give mil American military technology to, uh, to Vladimir Putin, essentially. So Trump didn't follow those procedures. The emails are testimony to the fact that uh, there was a scramble after the fact to find a legal justification for Trump's illegal actions. When I say illegal, I could say instead maybe contravening the Constitution because the powers, the separated powers of the different branches of government are ordained by the Constitution or rather are specified and mandated by the Constitution. So, the con so Congress has powers of the purse and uh, the executive branch has other powers, but Trump usurped the legislative branch's powers by putting a hold on their aid without following uh, due process for that hold. Trump used, first usurped the power of the legislative branch and then misused that power to get a buy-in for Ukraine assistance for his campaign to cheat in the 2020 elections. It's cheating if you use American taxpayer money to help you buy someone who will lie for you 
and conceal the origins of an investigation for you, who will create a shadow propaganda narrative for you that you, the president of Ukraine, just decided on the basis of evidence to pursue an investigation when that's not how it happens. The U.S. does not ask other countries to investigate its own citizens. It doesn't do that. That's against, that's antithetical to American uh, law, American precedents. So that should be all for me for today. I'm going to go on to YouTube now and uh, discuss some other things, relevant things, but different things. So if you want to follow me, it's davcat 43 that's the name of my YouTube account. Um, I think I'm up to 113 subscribers, so I really appreciate everybody's support. And if you want to jump on board, that's welcomed as well. And any liking or engaging or sharing YouTube videos, if you copy a link and share it on Twitter, that, that helps me as well, if you're keen. And, and the podcast that I'm just creating right now so if you wanted to listen to this again without the trouble of having to watch somebody's face or you wanted to be able to move around with a device uh, more readily davcat43 fights fascism is the name of the podcast available on itunes platform and other platforms such as anchor so thank you for listening <sighs> and let's celebrate our hope that the judiciary system will hold strong that even the uh, Supreme Court, corrupt as, as it is, with, a, with two, two um, sexual offenders on its bench, Clarence Thomas as well as Brett Kavanaugh, that they are able to hold firm, that John Roberts is able to defend the rule of law in the US, uh, and let's help be part of public pressure to create an awareness of why it's so important that the Supreme Court defend the rule of law, what type of threats the rule of law is under. Trump is, um, has just validated um, untruth. He has made lies so matter-of-fact in the US that he's lied so many times people get exhausted at trying to discern truth from lies, which means everybody's which increases the likelihood that more and more people abandon uh, the urge to even sort out truth from fiction anymore. The Supreme Court is a bit five to four stacked in conservative favour, but Chief Justice John Roberts is at least not a rapist, uh, so it's to be hoped that he uh, will find a sticking point in his facilitation of extreme Trump corruption that he won't just rubber stamp Trump's claim that he can in perpetuity hide his tax returns from the American people, that he can avoid all of the requests for his tax returns from his accountants, etc. because he's taken that to the Supreme Court. They will be talking soon whether or not they'll grant a stay. Oh, yes, so they'll tell us whether or not they'll take the case up. If they reject Trump's case, and that would be great because uh, then the findings of the lower court's hold fast, which is that Trump's accountants will have to give up his tax returns to the House investigatory committees. There's six committees, House committees, that are investigating Trump's crimes in various fields. So the financial crimes are supposed to be the ones that would really help the public uh, come to terms with the very long-standing nature of his criminality. We're also looking to get emotional buy-in 
from people who don't identify with white nationalists. So too many people just acquiesce or appease white supremacy and white supremacists in power. So if we can try and build community, try and build unity in opposition, not just to Trump, but unity in opposition to uh, corruption. That's what we should be organizing around, opposition to corruption, because people sometimes falsely conflate Trump with support for business. They look at the far left and they go, there's Bernie Sanders saying billionaires are bad, so Bernie wants to get rid of all corporations and then none of us will have jobs at all. Like life is already hard, but if Bernie gets his way, people, people are concerned that the American economy will falter. So we need to point out that A, Bernie has an appeal with his cult base who are quite frankly brainwashed with half-truths in a similar way that Trump brainwashes his own base with half-truths. Trump tells them things are bad, they need improvement. People go, that's right, Mr. White Saviour Man. Things were bad or I didn't have enough money, I had to work too hard, I didn't have health care. You say you're going to give health care to everybody and fix everything, that's awesome. Bernie has a similarly uh, pie-in-the-sky message of um, identify your enemies as corporate executives and then reject them and everything will be wonderful. And it's more complicated than that. Bernie and Bernie followers, the engine of America is still corporations. The engine of money circulation is still corporations and you can't just cripple them because you don't like them, because they're your enemies, and expect that people will still feel confident about keeping their jobs and keeping their families alive. Uh, America is still a hostage. People are still hostages to their private health care insurance. And you can't wave a magic wand, you can maybe try to transition people out of that. So it's nice that Bernie's ambitions have woken a lot of people up to the poor quality of American health care in many ways, the poor levels of efficiency of American private health care provision. But most Americans don't like that. So Bernie has some full-throated supporters, but not a lot of support from people in Midwestern or rural areas, although it's rising. Yes, no, Bernie couldn't avoid running again because he already sold out America in his 2016 run in the first place in order to improve his own chances for 2020. He already tweeted a few days before the election that he didn't think uh, Trump voters were sexist or racist, necessarily. M basically giving his supporters a pass to vote for Trump uh, out of pique that Bernie wasn't the nominee, knowing that Trump would mess everything up and that he could then have those supporters still on his side because he'd been friendly to them, said, you're not racist or... or um, or sexist, you just want Trump in power. Sure, sure. But when you get tired of him, you know who you can come back to. Good old me, reliable Bernie Sanders, who appreciates that you are being exploited by corporations. It's true. There are two concurrent truths that are possible here. Americans are simultaneously exploited by corporations and sustained by corporations. Because without jobs in corporations, Americans find it hard to put food on the table at all. So even though... Uh, the system could be tweaked, we're not going to have a revolution and overturn capitalism because there isn't broad enough buy-in and Bernie supporters aren't as militaristic as French revolutionaries or Trump supporters and they're not going to overthrow uh, everything. 
they're not going to be able to successfully overthrow the entire system. So Richard's still there, David's still there. Hello to both of you. Feel free to jump in with a comment uh, at any stage. Uh, Richard was saying before that he was concerned about the detachment from truth, that process of further and further detachment that was becoming manifest in American media. And I was happy that maybe the corner had been turned when the impeachment hearings were happening. I was pleased that there was enough evidence coming out now that would maybe stop uh, prominent media people giving the benefit of the doubt all the time to Trump and Trump supporters and Trump surrogates. But I don't know, they're still framing it uh, in a way that's so favourable to Republicans. Like, why, why aren't Republicans being convinced? As if it's not blatant that Republicans are actively pursuing uh, Putin-driven narratives as testified to by Dr Fiona Hill, who said, please refrain from promoting or perpetrating narratives created by Vladimir Putin in his own interest, uh, in the interest of uh, undermining trust the trust of the American people in their institutions and in their systems of government and in their intelligence agencies because all of the intelligence agencies found that Russia attacked the US. The special prosecutor's report, Mueller report, indicted multiple Russians and produced scores of evidence about uh, Putin funding projects to specifically uh, imitate Americans, pretend to be Americans and subvert the process of, of a free and fair election. So that's all from me for today. I'm going to YouTube now. Thanks for listening. Uh, please listen to the podcast if you want to hear any of this again. Or please follow me now to YouTube where I broadcast at Davcat43 uh, live audio there as well, and live video. And uh, I'm grateful I've got the time to keep uh, chewing away at this issue. Thank you, everyone. Uh, that is essentially white blindness and white appeasement of a nationalistic push in the US, a self-destructive nationalistic push that is jeopardizing everybody. Now, if we allow white complacency that we are okay or we're not immediately threatened by Trump to cause us to be inefficient in our opposition, then we won't have enough people on board to oppose Trump. We won't have enough people who understand that Fox News is lying. I tried to start a hashtag Fox News lied or Fox News lied so we could have Fox News lied, Fox News lied and now my local hospitals are closing down. Fox News lied and now everybody around me with a pre-existing condition is likely to get kicked off medical insurance. Uh, Fox News lied and now Trump is selling out American interests to, uh, to Turkish dictators, to Russian dictators. Uh, to, to corrupt American foreign policy, to run secret campaigns, secret cheating campaigns for 2020. So well, thanks, everyone, and hope you have a great evening. That would be great. Uh, if you call into the next show, I should be on here again uh, at 9 o'clock. Uh, at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, tomorrow. Similar time. Okay, Richard, if you're, if you're here, I'd love to talk live to you. I've got my headphones. <laughs> Thanks again, everybody. Thanks, David. Thanks, Richard.
Thanks to everybody, Zeke. Bye, everyone.